Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. I want you to just open up your spirit, receive the gift of God today. Let's give the Lord a hand praise. Sister Connie makes her way to this pool. I promise you, she come ready. I got to practice with that, I, and I don't want to practice on y'all. Amen. It is so good to be here. Man, it's been a while since I've been here, and um, as many of you know, I've just uh, walked, crossed a lot of bridges uh, since I was here, but I have to take the time, because I don't think I've been here since um, your pastors were released from here to come and hold our church and our ministry there while I was on a sabbatical, and I just want to take the time to say to you face-to-face You have no idea how that you ministered to us by allowing that. And our church has never been the same. Uh, The structure of our church has never been the same. And everything just shifted and it was needing. I was, it was something that was needed. I was just so distracted with life and tired. Anybody understand what I'm saying? just mentally tired. I couldn't do it. And God brought a man and woman of God in to help me to do that. And I am so grateful to you. And because you sowed that seed, God is going to bless everything that you do here. And those that were willing to release, God's going to bless you individually. Amen. Amen. You believe that. Uh, you receive that. So it, it is so good to be here. And by the grace of God, every day is another day full of his favor and blessing. I am so thankful for his strength, his might, his power, and uh, I, a renewed vision. Can I say that? A renewed vision and, and a renewed passion that the enemy tried to take away but did not take away. I, I, I am so thankful that God has a plan and a, a purpose. And in that plan and purpose, when you learn to su- just succumb to his will, he starts molding and building and putting you on the right track. And I'm thankful for that. I was telling people uh, yesterday, I preached a conference in Bastrop yesterday, and I was telling them uh, actually on Friday night, I said, you know, here's what happened. Last year, it was just a road that was just plow, plow, plow for, for uh, just personal life, plow, plow, plow. And then in December, I lost my husband. And then I went through the, started going through the grief of that. And, and how do I, how do I try to go through this again, God? And how am I going to take care of myself? And how, how am I going to make it? And, and, you know, I'd already went through the loss of one husband and I said the same thing. How am I going to do this? How am I going to pastor this church by myself? How am I going to pioneer this thing, Lord? I don't even know how to steer this boat, Lord. I don't know. And so I started going through that process again at the beginning of the year. And then I started dealing with some physical illnesses and getting really sick. And one day I was in town uh, by myself in Baytown and I started having chest pain and, and like I had never had before. And I thought, oh my God, I'm having a heart attack or something's wrong. And so I pulled into an ER and they treated it like it was a, a heart attack and kept me overnight. Uh, come to find out it wasn't. It was just different kinds of ulcers and a hernia and and the hernia had pushed my diaphragm completely out of place. And so I was dealing with all of that. And then in June, I had to go in and have surgery. I'm just, I'm just testifying here, okay? I don't need any sympathy. I'm testifying. And then in, in January, I had surgery. And I'm like, dear God, I just I feel like I hadn't even had time to, to really just sit and just grieve over the life that I've just, the road I've had to walk through. And it's just one thing after the other. And, and then I had to recover. I'm a big baby. I'm, I'm a big baby. I didn't recover well. And my daughter was sure to let me know that. Because she was taking care of me. 
But I, I had to go through the recovery. I had to step out of the pulpit. That's hard for me. That's, that's hard to let go. But God was teaching me something in the middle of all this process. And, and so I went through that. And, and then it was like right after recovery, I, I was excited to be able to go and see my children in California. I got there, got COVID and sick, came home and was quarantined to the house. I couldn't, felt like I couldn't go from my recliner to my back door without being exhausted and out of breath and and so I was going through that and again out of the pulpit and and then when I was released to get back in the pulpit I felt like I just did not have the strength I I wanted to sing I wanted to I wanted to get back to that and it just wasn't there and it wasn't there. And, and uh, so there were times I'd just sit on the side of the platform and, and just sit down and be still. And, and, and one Sunday morning, I was getting ready, and I was going to be preaching that morning, and I could feel the fatigue trying to stay on me. And I sit down on the side of the bed just to relax a minute, then to, so I could continue to get dressed. And as I sat on the side of the bed, if I've ever heard the enemy's voice, I heard him. And he said, I'm taking you out. And when I heard him say that, oh, my goodness, he, it was the wrong thing because he, it was like Elizabeth uh, when, when, when the baby leaped inside of her womb. And when he said that to me, something leaped inside of me. And I said, oh, no, you're not. Matter of fact, I just got stronger. Hallelujah. I just got stronger. Hallelujah. And so now I'm going to push back. And whatever strength I have, I'm giving it right into the kingdom of God. Is anybody here understanding what I'm saying? Do you understand what God is doing in your life? Hallelujah. That you got to have a pushback. Come on. You got to have a pushback. You got to get a fight inside of you. If you feel like the enemy has pushed you up against the corner, up against the wall, hallelujah, and he's in your face and he's got his finger poking you in the chest, hallelujah, how long are we going to sit back, hallelujah, and let the enemy talk to us and let the enemy, hallelujah, make us believe these things. Uh, when he's doing that, that should make something rise up inside of you, hallelujah, that is the soldier that is actually being prepared for years for this day. You understand that the church for years has been going through preparation for the day that we are in right now. Hallelujah. All the prayer meetings, all the teaching, all the songs, all the preaching, it's been preparation for where we are right now and now he's saying will the true church rise will the church, true church step up to the plate and take the bat in their hand will they get ready to run like they have never ran before hallelujah to see with eyes a vision that they have never seen before to hear the voice of God like they have never heard before this is an opportunity is there anybody in the house that will rise to the occasion hallelujah that we are in and be the church. Hallelujah. Be everything that we've been trained to be. Now we preached it, we sang about it. It's another thing to live it. We're in, when we're in the testing days now, it's like God saying, okay, now let's see if you can walk out what you've been singing every Sunday. It's like uh, to all the ministers, he's saying, now, let, now let's see if you can live what you've been teaching and preaching uh, every time you had somebody in your congregation. It's been a time of breaking down. Oh, come on. Somebody look at your neighbor and tell him, say, he's broken our agenda. Oh, come on. Tell your other neighbor, he's broken our agenda. But he's aligning us for a kingdom. Come on. He is aligning us for a kingdom. He is putting things in order. Hallelujah. But before he could put it in order, he had to break down the order that man had built. He had to, we didn't even realize we built the order. Because see, we've been in church all our life. We, it's just something you get accustomed to. 
If you've been in church for very long at all, uh, uh, it's just something you're accustomed to. It's, this is the way we do it. This is how it's always been done. And let me tell you something. God takes the bad things that happen in our lives. Some people may not like this, but it's true, and I got scripture to back it up. God will take the bad things in our life, allow those things to happen so that he can step in and rebuild something inside of us. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us that all things, come on, somebody shout all things. All things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. I'm talking about the days of tears and the days of laughter. I'm talking about the mourning and the depressing, hallelujah, that comes upon you and the days where you're up. He takes all things. He takes the salt and the sugar and he'll mix it together. He'll take the flour. Oh, come on, somebody. He'll take the bitter things in our life. Hallelujah. Put it all together. Together, mix some egg in it and watch it come out a cake. Something that we can eat. Something that we can be nourished by. Something that will stall. Oh my God, there ain't nobody hearing me today. All things work together. He'll take the bad things in our life and he will mix it up. See, everybody wants to eat the raw cookie dough after the sugar's in it, but... Give them, give them, just let them sit down with a spoon and a cup of nothing but the flour first. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants the bad stuff. Nobody wants to sit in tears and cry. Huh? Yeah, Josh almost, he almost preached my word. I was like, really? Really sit down. But God takes it all. He'll take the ashes of your life. You can't have the beauty without the ashes. Come on. You can't have resurrection without the death. Hallelujah. So there is a crown, but you get to the place where you have to walk it out and then you receive the crown. The rewards are there. Everything good is there. The victory is there. And let me tell you something. In the hard times that we are in, I would have given up. And this is what scripture says. And I just apply it to my life. I would have lost my hope if I had not believed. If I had not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Right here while I'm alive. I would have, is there anybody else that'll say, I would have given up. I'd have lost my hope. Hallelujah. Five months ago, I would have lost my hope when I lost my job. I would have lost my hope. Hallelujah. When I didn't know how I was going to pay the bills. I, I would have lost my hope. Hallelujah. When everything began to shut down and they said, you got to shut the church doors. I would have lost my hope. Hallelujah. If I hadn't already known, if I hadn't believed, if I I hadn't known and experienced who God really is. I realized in the hard times that I had a relationship that was already ready, that was already built. It was the testing time that proved to me my relationship with God. I believe that we, as the body of Christ, will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. We will see revival. We will see an outpouring. We will see favor right here in the middle of darkness. So arise and shine. Arise and shine. For your light has come. Somebody give him a shout of praise in this house. See, we get accustomed to certain things. Uh-huh. We get accustomed and we get to the place where look, the older I get, the realize the more I'm realizing that I I I get in routines. I got my pillow with me on your bed. Come on, y'all know what I'm saying? It's like this certain routine that I go through every night. And then every morning, never realized I was in it until I got older and started living alone. Come on. 
See, you don't realize you're in that routine and, and just going through life and accustomed to, to the way things that you've built it and organized it to go in your life until all of a sudden Jacob gets stopped and the angel of the Lord has to come in and bring some crippling to his life. Hallelujah. It's at that time that we realize, wait, something's got to change. And see, we get accustomed to it. We just do it just just out of, out of, out of just the way we do things. It's just, it's just part of what we do. We don't think about it. We sing songs sometimes, don't think about it. We don't think about what we're saying. We go to church because that's what we're supposed to do on Sunday. Not because it's something I long for. It's just this is what we do. Oh, come on. <laughs> it's like this... <laughs> Thank you for that good illustration, Pastor Dean, that you gave me this morning. He don't even know. But it was like this morning when I was standing, I was sitting there and on the church couch talking to him. He went over to the fireplace. And he's standing in front of the fireplace. And there's no fire. Come on. Y'all hearing me? We learn how to. We have our own agenda, our own ways, our own uh, 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 structure of how we do it. And, and then we're blown away with what are we going to do when all of it falls apart? Oh, come on. When the doors are shut, what are we going to do now? We can't go to church in a parking lot. What are we going to do now? We can't do it on Facebook. That's not, we just can't do that. Hallelujah. And some people's world completely fell apart. Hallelujah. Because why? Their structure. Hallelujah, that they built was completely broken. And I come to tell you that God knew exactly what he was doing when he allowed it to happen and it hit the church. I understand that the church is the target of every, and if you don't understand it, you need to wake up. Hallelujah. And realize that no matter what pandemic is out there, no matter what kind of elections are out there, everything that the church was built on, hallelujah, is the target for them to try to destroy destroy. Hallelujah. If we can destroy the church. See, so Satan took a pandemic. Hallelujah. And he brought it. And, and what was it? I know he shut down businesses. I understand that. But see, he had to get to those places to be able to get to something that was strong and that was the church. Hallelujah. And then he began trying to shut the church down. Hallelujah. Some have never attempted to even go back to the house of God. Some have never even opened the doors again. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, hallelujah, that we better get strong in understanding the moves and the motives of the enemy. Because if the enemy can bring separation to the body of Christ, then he begins to tamper with the anointing. Because Psalms 133 says how beautiful it is. Hallelujah. When brethren can dwell together in unity, it is like the oil, it is the anointing. That flows from the priest's head down his body. Hallelujah. God is saying, as long as we are together and you understand the enemy's attacks and you stay together, he said, the anointing that is in heaven, I will release it and it will flow to the body. Hallelujah. And you will see great things. Somebody ought to give God a shout of praise in this house. I told my people a couple of Sundays ago, I'm like, go to Walmart, but we can't come to church. It don't make sense. Think it's a heart issue. This ain't a COVID issue anymore. It's a heart issue. Come on. Sometimes that's all we need to do in the middle of pandemics is begin to check our heart out. So the Bible says in the book of Hosea, chapter 6. Oh, Jesus. Woo! Chapter 6, verse 1. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. He said, come. 
let us return. Now, the return there in the Hebrew does not mean go back to the same starting point. What a return is, is he's basically saying, come, let us not so much go to the starting point, but let us break to build, circumcise, dig, lay down, and repent. Come on. (laughs) So come, let us break some stuff. Let us build some other stuff. Let us dig. Let us circumcise our flesh. And let us lay down some weight we've been carrying. Let us repent to the Lord. For he has torn us. What? (laughs) For he has torn us. He has plucked us. He has pulled us to pieces. I'm giving you some definition, Hebrew definitions to a few of these words. He has pulled us to pieces. But he will heal us. He will repair. He will cure. And he will make us whole again. He has wounded, wounded us. He has struck us down. He has caused us to be smitten. He has caused things in our life to be killed and destroyed. (laughs) Woo, Lord Jesus. He said he has called us, caused us to be killed and destroyed, but he will bandage us. In other words, he will bind us up. He will wrap us firmly. He will will compress. Which means he will rule us. (laughs) He will govern us, my God. Do do you see what what the word is showing us here? There was a killing and a slaughtering and a breaking down and a smitten time and striking down and hard times. Anybody with me? Before there was ever a time where he could rule and govern. Oh, my. He will rule and he will govern us. And after two days, he will revive us. He will preserve us. He will cause us to live. He will repair us. He will cause us to be recovered. Oh, my God. Anybody with me right now? Hallelujah. On the third day, he will raise us up. He will confirm us. He will establish us. He will Stand us up and he will stir us up, my God. That we may live before him. In other words, we may live in his sight. What are we talking about? We will live. He is affirming, he was establishing after all the breaking, after breaking down our mindsets, after breaking down. Hallelujah. The issues of our heart where we did not have the comfortable stuff that we normally have. He said, I'm going to rip that out of your life so we can get to the basics of the foundation of your heart. And he said, when I finally get there, then I'm going to bring life back. I'm going to start ruling you. You ain't going to rule me no more. You ain't going to govern me anymore. I'm going to govern you. I'm going to lead you, and then I'll establish you, and I'm going to stir something else up so that you may live honorable and in a place to be honored. What is he doing to the body of Christ? He has not come to destroy you and leave us destroyed. He has come to break us down, build us up so that
that we understand that we serve a God, a mighty Savior, that we have a relationship with him. And he said, and I will bring the church back to a place where they will no longer be looked at with contempt, but they will be honored. My God, God is doing something to bring the church back to a place of honor. My God. Then Joel tells us this. <laughs> Blow the trumpet. Blow the trumpet. You understand in the Old Testament when they was blowing the trumpet, Colby. That means the order's about to change. <laughs> Woo! Something's shifting here. Everything's about to change in your personal life so that it can affect the whole body of Christ. Oh my God. So he's saying go ahead. I need the preachers, the teachers. I need the apostles. I need the prophets. I need the pastors to blow the trumpet in Zion among God's people. Let them know that the order is changing. Hallelujah. That they got too comfortable with an order Order that they no longer even realized hallelujah, that my presence was just with them every day, not just on Sunday. Hallelujah. That it completely will change a lifestyle. It'll change a mindset. It'll change a way of thinking, which will change a behavior. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. See, what has happened is God said, wait a minute. There's no distinction between my church and the world anymore. So I've got to bring it down to a place, hallelujah, where people can understand that there is a distinction, that they are the church. Oh, is anybody with me right now? See, God said, I believe this with all my heart. God said, wait a minute. There is such a time where the people in the church have mingled and their lifestyle and their behavior and their attitude, like your pastor was saying, you don't get on Facebook, hallelujah, and air your laundry like the rest of the world. Oh, my God. We don't do that. Hallelujah. Why? Because we are not common people. Oh, come on now. Look at your neighbor and tell him, say, we're not common. We're not just like everybody else. Hallelujah. So God said, because too much had been compromised in my people, too much has been compromised and too much sin has been justified. Hallelujah. Behavior has been justified because they do it down the road. I can do it. Hallelujah. Because that church does it. I can do it. Well, that leader does it so we can do it. How come we're not doing it like them? Because not every church and pastor and leader is hearing the voice. Oh my God. Not every one of them is being led by the Spirit. Hallelujah. And I come to tell you that there is still a church that God said I have already drawn the line in the sand. Hallelujah. So I'm going to allow things to get disrupted. Hallelujah. So that I can bring a separation in my church because I'm tired of the world being confused by a lifestyle that is being called church lifestyle, being called a Christian. He said, so I'm going to bring, oh, is anybody with me right now? He said, I'm going to bring a separation and I'm going to show them this is the true church, the true church that was slammed against the wall, that was slammed down on the floor. The enemy did a body slam on them. But watch them rise. Hallelujah. Watch them rise. And watch them come back with holiness in their heart. Watch them come back. Hallelujah. Why will they come back with holiness? Because the breaking put them on their face in the presence of God. The not understanding how I'm going to pay my bills brought them back into the presence of God. He has caused 
things that we have depended on, the sources and the resources to completely be stripped away from us. Why? Because the church is the one that's supposed to be leading the world and our dependency became dependent upon everything except God. And so God said, I got to show, oh my God. God said, I got to show who my true church is. He said, because when they rise and they glorify me, they will stand out among darkness. They will not be confused. Hallelujah. They will not stand in a shadow, but they will stand and they will shine because I am coming back for a holy church, a holy people, not a broken people. I'm coming back for one that is standing strong in their faith, in their relationship with God. Come on. This is not a fake thing. It's not I can shout as long as the praise team leads me into that shout. He said, I'm shutting it down so that people can do a heart check. So that the church can do a self-check. So that my leaders will start checking themselves to see whether or not they were being led or leading by manipulation or by my spirit. He said, so I got to break it all down. Come on. I'm going to sit back and I'm going to watch it crumble. But I'm going to watch the very ones, hallelujah, that were led by something. They were led. They, they attended their ears to the, to the mouthpiece and the voice of someone else. They lost, hallelujah, like Moses. The Bible said he was in the tabernacle, heard the voice of God, knew exactly what to do. But when he got out around the people, he got so weary by their voices that he just gave in to what they want to do. And let me tell you something. There's been so much of that among leadership. Oh my God. I don't know why. Y'all got good leaders here. I don't know why God's bringing this forth. There's been so much of that among leaders trying to keep somebody else happy. Hallelujah. And I've come to tell you that God has said, wait a minute. I'm raising up men and women of God. Hallelujah. That they are here and they are going to be obedient to the voice of God. They're going to lead by the voice of God. They're going to have such a connection. Hallelujah. That they're getting an interpretation. A divine interpretation by the voice of God so that they can step out and lead the people in the right direction. There is a day that we have finally approached that God said enough is enough. Repent. Repent of your ways. Repent of your behavior. Repent of your life. Repent of all that you have done because I am here putting my foot down and everything is splitting wide open and God said on this rock on this rock this rock that is solid a rock that is me it is my revelation and not somebody else's revelation it is what God is saying and not what somebody else is saying he said on this rock I am building my church and the gates of hell when it is wide open will not destroy or prevail against it somebody shout I am the church I am the church. Our identity was broken. And we had an identity crisis for a while. Come on. And because some didn't like the identity, they just never attached themselves to it. But we built our own identity and didn't even realize. Come on. Why? Because we're so accustomed to the fire going in the fire. We'll stand there like we are on fire. We'll stand there like we're filling the fire. Come on. And it looks like from the outside, 
from the actions of that one standing by the fire. It looks like that they got the fire warmth all over them. But then God just opened the eyes of all those in the room and said, wait a minute, there ain't no fire there. Come on, somebody. Look at your neighbor and tell him, say, there ain't no fire there. Come on. We just got accustomed to our songs, our preaching, our padded seats. Uh, Hallelujah. This is the way we do it. This is the way we have our board meetings. Uh, This is the way we're supposed to do it in the youth. Uh, This is the way, uh, hallelujah, that you should do it because they're doing it this way uh, and it's working for them. So what? What is God saying to the leaders of this house? What is he saying to the elders of this house? What is he saying to the board members of this house? God is speaking and he's saying, who will listen? Oh, my God. Mm. Somebody look at your neighbor and tell him, say, she loves us. I know she does. Learning to go through Sundays with fake fire. Coming together and having our different meetings in the structures of our church with fake fires. God is rearranging things, and you know what He did to align it? He's aligning it. He's aligning platforms. He's aligning board members. He's aligning church members. He's aligning leadership. And you know what he's doing? He had to break it down. And my God, it ain't easy to watch brokenness. It's not easy to go through and feel the brokenness. It's not easy. But here's what I hear God saying. God's saying, just blow the trumpet. Just just keep blowing the trumpet, pastors. Just keep blowing the trumpet. Hallelujah. And say, I will not be manipulated. Oh, my God. I will not be manipulated. This is what God is telling me. I'm telling you right now that the church right now, we have been through a brokenness, but he is establishing us, and here is about to be an outpouring of the power of the Holy Spirit. He said the former and the latter rain. You're going to see it all together. That one that was just a sprinkle, and that one that was a violent rain. He said I'm bringing it all together, but you have to be in alignment, and in alignment some things hallelujah have to go through some hurt sometimes you have to go through feeling like that somebody's just walked away from you hallelujah you don't know how you're gonna make it I come to tell you as a body like God has told me he said don't you worry about how you're gonna make it I'm your father I am your husband and I'm gonna take care of you and God is saying to this house he is gonna take care of you just be obedient to what he is saying. Somebody give him praise. Come on. Give him praise. Look at your neighbor and tell him, say he's breaking our agenda. I know some people don't like it, but he's breaking our agenda. I know some people are wondering, dear God, why is this happening? But here's what the Lord tells us in the word. He said, I will bless those who will just speak my word, who will be obedient, hallelujah, to do exactly what I'm telling them to do. He said, I am going to show up in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of everybody trying to control everybody else, hallelujah. He said, I'm raising up an Elijah that recognizes a control spirit. I'm raising up an Elijah that recognizes a passive spirit. And he said that Elijah will stand up and they will declare this is the action of the Lord. This is what God said we're going to do. And this is what we're going to do. This is how I'm going to live. I'm telling you that God is talking to homes in this house. He's talking to men in this house. And he saying align yourself so that your house will be aligned you pray the blessings of God on your house every time you sit down at a meal God said align yourself you ain't never seen a blessing that will come to you when you align yourself repent 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 So, Rabba Rabosata, Kerabosa, 
lendo rabarobo babasi mehela mankoranda la balabusa kela balabus kela manundo rebesuraba lela makuriba shalabanamaha as i was praying yesterday and i was like god give me a download God, I've already got a word, but I need a download. I, I need everything else to crash in me, and I need a download. Hallelujah. Somebody sent me a text. Hallelujah about the presidential thing. I said, I can't even listen or watch it right now because God's given me a download. I don't even know what all is going on. I said, I can't get entangled. See, what happens is we get entangled with a civilian life, and then we want to try to go to battle. The Bible tells us. He told Timothy, he said, look, when you are in battle, you can't get entangled with a civilian life. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. Get all mixed up in that. God said, no, that's not. He said, you're not common people. Oh, my God. This is not about sides right now. Do you hear me? This is not about red or blue. Hallelujah. This is not about black or white. This is about not being entangled. This is about common people and peculiar people. You're going to choose which side you're on. Hallelujah. And when we get entangled with the life and a civilian life too much, we start talking like them. We start acting like them. We start riots like they'll come on somebody. We start wicked protests like them. But when we understand that we are peculiar, we rise up in the midst of darkness and we bring a light. We bring a word of peace. We bring a word of unity. Oh, I ain't getting no amens on this one. Hallelujah. I ain't getting much shout on this one. I'm telling you that that is the word that the Lord told me yesterday. Tell them, don't get entangled with a civilian life because they're not common people. We're not common people. And then he spoke this to me. Some that are in leadership or positions here at this church. He said, you are making mountains out of mohills. And that you are entangled in the wrong battle. While we're looking for something else to be displeased about. He said, while you are trying to engage in that battle... There is a much bigger battle going on, but you've been distracted by the smaller things. Okay, this is prophetic. And he's saying, stop focusing on the small battles. It doesn't matter if the carpet's red and you want it purple. Come on, that's just an example. The small battles. Doesn't matter if I want the the, the altars raw or painted. The small things. Come on. He's saying, be aware how that the enemy will distract you with small battles. And he will wear you out to the point that you are exhausted trying to get that one to work when the big battle gets here for the church. Hallelujah. You don't have the strength to get up and fight and then we find people knocked back, sitting at home on Sunday when they should be in the house of God, giving up their faithfulness and commitment that they always proclaimed they had, all because they wasted their time on small things. Hallelujah. And lost their energy in it. See, the, the, the enemy, listen, now I don't give him a lot of credit. I don't. But I'm going to tell you that he will outsmart you if you're not careful. He will outsmart you if you're not careful. And what will happen is he will get us to engage in these things. And then this big blow is coming. And we can't even stand up for the body of Christ, for our community, for our nations. Oh, my God. The Lord is saying that this church is a church that is to reach out to the community. And he's saying if you will embrace that 
that, that you will see a revival, not just inside these houses, inside this house, but out there on the streets. Hallelujah. And the Lord is saying, don't gripe about it. Don't gripe about the money that gets put into certain things out there on the street. Hallelujah. God is saying, because if you'll just bless it, I'm going to bless. Oh, my God. I'm going to bless this house. And God is doing something right here in Colombia. And he has brought this word to you today to make you understand that you are men and women of God. You are not wimpy Christians. You are strong. Hallelujah. And he said that those that are strong and those that are powerful are those who are obedient to my word. That's what the scripture says. Those who are strong and those who are powerful are those who are obedient to speak my word. God is saying, I am rebuilding in you a kingdom mentality, a kingdom, hallelujah, in your heart, and it will stand in some of the toughest times. Somebody that believes that God is bringing his kingdom and destroying our kingdom ought to give him praise in this house right now. Shobate Rebokusa Linda Rabarabo Shalabarabaha. The enemy is fighting the anointing of this ministry in a very hard way. I felt it this morning when you guys, when we walked in and y'all were, man, it, this place was, I mean, it was lit up with power, with worship, prayer, preparing this house. But it wasn't but just a few minutes that I began to feel the. I began to feel it. I'm telling you, engage. Engage yourself in what God is doing because there is a revival. Mm -hmm. There is a revival that is happening right now, and it's about to get bigger, and it's about to snowball. Do you hear me? Here's what the Lord spoke to me not too long ago. He told me, now, I haven't yet done all of this. I've done a little bit. He said, go back and read about the great. I was glad you brought up that book that you were reading. He said, go back and read about the great awakenings and the revivals. Watch what happened back then. He said, watch it. He said, because what I'm doing today, is it's going to come. We're going to see the same things back then it's going to be happening today but it's even going to be greater than it was then because it's a former and a latter rain Come on, but it's only hope happening for those who are engaging. Do you hear me? Those who are engaging, not those who are watching. The Bible said that the high priest Eli sat on the side of the road and he was waiting for news. He was watching the battle. All he was doing was watching. And when news came back to him, the Bible said he fell backwards, broke his neck, and died. You can be a sideliner all you want. But the sideliner does not receive the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in this awakening that that is happening right here in this world. I understand what is happening in our world, but in our nation. I understand it. I understand that if we talk about how bad it is, hallelujah, we can really enlighten one another. That yes, it is bad, but this is a time. Oh my God, this is a time for the church to rise. Hallelujah. I just want to go to Isaiah 60 real fast. Oh my God. Somebody shout, he is realigning us. Oh, come on, tell your neighbor, he is breaking the agenda. Watch this. He said, arise and shine. Be radiant with the glory and the brilliance of the Lord for your light has come and the glory and the brilliance of the Lord has risen up on you. The only way for something to really shine is that there is darkness present. Darkness must be present. The stars are always there, but you don't see it till, it's, till the darkness settles in. 
The church has been present, but the true church is about to be seen how? Right in the middle of this darkness. Instead of us just praying, God, just get rid of it. God, fix that. God, get rid of it. God's saying, when you're so focused on me trying to get rid of it, I'm trying to tell you to arise in the middle of it. I'm trying to tell you to confront the giant. I'm trying to tell you to stop worrying about trying to put on Saul's armor how you used to do it because I've broken that down and I've given you a rock and a slingshot. Hallelujah. And if you'll do it with power and anointing, you will destroy enemies. Oh my God. You will see revival. Revival is going to come. I'm telling you, we're going to see revival out in our streets. We're going to see it in communities. Hallelujah. We're about to see revival like my generation has never seen it before. The church, hallelujah, is getting downloads from God on what, how do I do this? How do I do it? Hallelujah. We cannot go back to church as normal. Do you hear me? We cannot go back to the way it's always been because he said, I broke that down and I am rebuilding something. Re-engage. Engage. Be a part of it. Embrace it because God is doing something some of you have never seen before. In a way that we have never seen. In a way, can you imagine some of the older soldiers who were at at the battle that day when David walked out? Even Saul, the leader, said, oh, God, he's going to die. He didn't wear my armor. He's going to be so broken. That's what the kingdom mentality is facing right now. We're not doing it like that. This is crazy. Why are you doing that? But God said that I am bringing David to the front line to stand there with something that will blow the old church mentality mind completely to pieces. Look, I was raised in church, and there's some things I did not throw out, hallelujah, with, with the, the bathwater. There are some babies I did not throw it out. But there are also some things that I know God has spoken. He said, I'm changing. And those that will embrace it will receive the outpouring of it. Don't try to stand so close to someone else who's getting the outpouring that you can just feel the sprinkles and you're okay with the sprinkles. He's saying, get an outpouring. Stand to your feet with me. Mm. Jesus. Jesus. In the Old Testament, Korah, man by the name of Korah, Raised as a Levite, knew the order of high priest and worship. If you don't believe me, just go on over into Psalms and you'll see at the top of some of those chapters where it says the sons of Korah wrote this one. Because it was in that, that family, that lineage of worship, of a high priest and the duties and the lifestyle of that high priest. The Bible said that Korah one day had a meeting with about 250 other people in the Israelites, among the Israelites, and said, we don't like the way things are going. We don't like how it's being done, and we think that Moses is not the leader for us because he is surely radical. (laughs) I mean, after all, he carries that stick around everywhere he goes. He's crazy, I'm telling y'all. And one man influenced 250 other people because he was stuck in a mentality that he could not allow to be broken. And because of that, he come against not only Moses, but the very acts of God. Now, to him, he was just coming against Moses. But let me tell you, when you start coming against what God is doing, you're coming against God. 
And the Bible said that Moses began to speak. And he's basically telling everybody, don't worry. Don't worry, God's going to take care of this. But because of the influence, 250 people followed. Be careful who you are listening to. Be careful who is influencing you. This is not a day where you need to allow those voices to get inside of you. This is a day of separation. And God is bringing separation in many different areas of our life. From from the church world, into friendship, at the jobs. He's bringing, even among family, he's bringing separation. And you need to allow that to happen. Because there are some things, some people that you cannot allow to influence you in this end time day that we're living in right now. You cannot allow those things because they're following their own tradition of men. They're following their own ways. And I'm not saying that, you know, they're, they're, they're just crazy because some of them have, well, this, it is a good idea, but it's not God's idea. Good idea and God idea, that's two different things. God is bringing the church to repentance. And he's saying, let that separation happen. Because I'm about to do a download. It's happening. It's happening in this house. Do you hear me? It is happening. There is a revival spirit that is in this house. Anytime there is a revival spirit, you're going to feel the darkness coming against it. And I felt it. I I, I wasn't in here five, ten minutes, and I felt the enemy just, ah, because he doesn't like it. But who will rise? Who is going to rise up? Are we going to continue just to be dependent on the ten people? Are we going to be a part of it? Just because you're connected to a church that's on fire doesn't mean you're on fire. Just because you're standing in front of a fireplace does not mean you're on fire. Come on. Y'all with me? Doesn't mean that something's really burning there. It's a form of godliness, but has no power. And in this day, you need power. The enemy is not afraid of your church identity anymore. He's not afraid of it. He's learned how to get right through the barriers and attack it. But what he is afraid of is people who are coming back up and they're fighting back and they're saying, wait a minute, we are praying like we have never prayed before. He is making people wake up. He is, it, this has awakened a spiritual church giant. It's what is done. Hallelujah. And if you have yet to allow yourself to be awakened and connect to it, then you better do it now because the enemy is after you. After you. Oh, my God. Do you hear me? He's after you. And he'll make you justify every reason. Hallelujah. But when you finally just submit to him and say, Dear God, I'm repenting. I'm repenting. Hallelujah. I'm repenting. Hallelujah. I've said it. I said it a few weeks ago. If we can sit in Holy Ghost filled church services and, and prayer meetings and never be moved by it, hallelujah, it's because we have a heart issue. Do you hear me? We have an issue with our heart. Something's wrong. Hallelujah. The church identity is no longer powerful. It's not. People aren't even impressed with it. The world's not impressed with it anymore. The Bible talks in the book of Joel about an army, not God's army, but a dark, wicked army that is going to rise up and they're going to be so strong and they have an agenda and they're so united that they're going to do their agenda. But then he goes on right in the middle of that invasion. He said, but I have a people who are strong and powerful. Hallelujah. And those people who are strong and powerful are the ones who will stand up and speak my word right in the middle of all that. He's calling the church to repentance. He's calling us to balance out our life. He's calling us to set our priorities straight. 
He's calling us to check our commitment. I mean, it's good. it sounds good, but check it. Check your heart, the commitment and faithfulness of your heart. Oh, my God. People can sit around, and I said it a few weeks ago, people can sit around, and they can get on their phones in church while God is moving and messages are coming. Something's wrong. Can't sit through a whole service because it's two hours long or the preaching's too long, and yet we go to cinemas and we can sit for two and a half hours and never get up. Our bladder will be so full we're about to pop, but we ain't missing a part of that movie. Something's wrong. And God is awakening us to make us realize this has been in our heart. And now he's saying, it is time. It is time. It is time. Come on. Everyone in this house right now. Check your heart. Check your heart. I'm going to open these altars. I'm going to open this front. Everybody in this house, come on. This word should convict us so much. Come on, that we should all find our place. Hallelujah. On our knees, on our face, seeking God, saying, God, help me. Lord, I see the agenda you're breaking. But, God, you're aligning me, Father, for a kingdom. You're aligning my thoughts, my behavior. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Find your place. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, come on, find your place in his presence. Talk to him. Talk to him. Talk to him. Mighty God. Mighty God. Come on, he's calling the church. He's saying repent. He's saying return. Return. Hallelujah. He's saying come back and let be broken. Hallelujah. Circumcise. Repent. Come back. Come. Come into my presence. Let your heart be broken so that I can establish you, so that I can govern you, so that I can make the call, so that I can be the one. church how's your heart how's your heart how's your heart with God thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast for more information go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org